Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Big Apple School podcast, where the goal of this show is to help you improve your English through listening skills. My name is Benjamin, and today we have three guests. Our first guest is Ken from the Philippines. Our second guest, Katya, and our and third Varya. guest. Yes, welcome, guys. So today we're going to be sharing our thoughts about traditional education, conventional education, and yeah, we'll be discussing this as teachers. And yeah, so let's get started, guys. So, what do you guys think about when you hear the word conventional education? What comes to mind? Well, the first thing、um, that I think about is the classroom. You know, you have the teacher, and then if we're gonna go really traditional, you have the blackboard. But of course, nowadays it's the whiteboard on the seats. The, I mean, the seating arrangement with、yes. all the students. Yeah. So basically, what we would call teacher-centered classroom. The teacher is the main figure. Everyone else is just, you know, obeying.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, are schools in the West in Russia considered traditional schools still? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I think of Russian schools, I think of those upright desks where everyone sits with very straight posture, and the desks are really small, and the teachers are very strict. Is that a correct stereotype, or is that? I think it's a stereotype. I mean, teachers are usually strict, but I mean, when you work, you know, with kids and you have thirty-five kids, you, you know, you don't have a choice. <laughs> you, you have to be strict. Yeah. But all in all, I wouldn't say that you know everyone is sitting. Upright. Well, upright. do you do you know what desks I'm talking about? So Russian schools typically have these; they have the same desks in each classroom. Yep. Yeah, the, those really small desks where everyone is smushed together. No, they they aren't small actually. No. Oh right. I remember when I was、uh, when it was my first time to enter an American classroom, and I saw this, you know, single desks for one person. I thought, oh my god, that's so great, you know, personal space. But then it turned out to be so inconvenient because you don't have enough space. You can put on, you know,、um, your textbook, but that's it—a place for I do not know. Your pens and pencils, whatever, whatever. No, but in Russia, our desks are for two people, and that gives enough space to have whatever you want on your. And、desk. they typically have a bench underneath it. Is it a bench or is it like a chair? So I thought they were like benches and. No, no. So it's just the desk for two people, and then two chairs. That's oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, in America, I know the classic school desk has a. Oh, it's attached to the chair. Is that right? But you're talking about、um, older kids. Yeah. But if we're talking about、um, grade school, yeah,、um, they would be big enough, and the top of the desk would、uh, be a, a top where you can open it,、mm-hmm. and you put all your textbooks in there. You have plenty of space, and they were lined up, and we would have about thirty or thirty-two in class, and it was teacher-centered as it should be. Right.、Mm-hmm. So wait.、Uh, so every student is assigned a seat. So you don't go to different classrooms. You're always in one classroom. Right. In grade school,、mm-hmm. you have one teacher. All the, and when I say grade school, I'm saying first grade through sixth.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how it is now, but that's how I grew up. So I would imagine that a non-conventional school would have bean bags and people lie around the classroom and. Anarchy,、yeah. anarchy. Yes. Do you think that there is merits? There's something good about having the order of a classroom. 
Yeah, like I think so order. because um, you know it's it's better to be systematic at least because you know in my case I'm a little bit you know traditional. I want everything to be well organized. Mm-hmm. Although there should be room also for some uh, creativity and you know allowing the students to you know express themselves, not just the typical teacher-centered kind of you know lecture mm-hmm. um, type of lesson. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. The, what you said with that, because the activity we used to have when I was growing up, recess. So every, I guess, fifty minutes, we'd have ten minutes where we could, you know, scream outside, and then we did have music class and art class, and we learned Spanish. So we had it was a great education, yeah. and that's how I think it should still be, but it's not like that anymore. Well, what, what 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 did you well, when you say it's not like that anymore? What is it like well, now? In, all I know is the next step was in this is, was in California in the sixties, nineteen sixties, and then the only next thing that I'm familiar with is my daughter when she went to school in Georgia, in nineteen nineties. Okay, and so you mean grade school? Grade or, school, yeah. yeah, grade yeah, school, when yeah. Say, yeah. So I'm talking about grade school. I'm not talking about high school or junior high. So yeah. grade school. And um, it was it was very different with that. It was much more casual, and I don't like that. I don't like I don't like casual mm-hmm. teaching. And you said something about the bean bags. Uh, her first grade teacher had a lamp rather than the fluorescent lights, which are very harsh. Mm-hmm. But a light with bean bags, and I thought, what is this? Are you at home? What, what? You know, she's, I'm more disciplined at home than she was at school. Yeah. Well, what? Why? Have educators, or not all educators, but why have some educators moved away from the traditional model? Why do some educators feel the need to experiment with? It's it's the um the concept of children and their place in society. When I grew up, children should be seen and not heard. We understood mm-hmm. that it was an adult society, and children should it must you know um, behave in the adult right. society. And I still think that. And then there's psychology books that were, you know, oh, they're a part of society and they have opinions. No, you don't. (laughs) learn. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess when you get to a certain age, then you become an adult and then you have to learn to become an adult in the first place. Yeah. Well, so what do we think about school uniforms? Do you think school uniforms would be... Oh, I a love school uniforms. I used to have a uniform at school and I saw certain, you know, uh, advantages of that. First of all, it kind of helped to um, get rid of this. Well, I was from a poor family and there were a lot of kids from richer families. And thanks to uniform, we didn't notice this difference. Mm-hmm, Whereas, right. you know, when you don't have a uniform, you kind of see, you know, who's wearing this posh clothes and everything, the brands and who doesn't. So this is the first thing. The second one, it kind of, I think it leads to discipline. So when you have a uniform, you know that you need to look presentable. Yeah. So I felt like I was more disciplined because of that. And we didn't have a uniform, which was the same for everybody, but we had the rules like you need to wear some sort of a suit, let's say a skirt or trousers and a jacket of dark blue or black color, no gray. No patterns. So if it's a blouse or a shirt, it can't be bright. It can't be patterned. So mm-hmm. some sort of, you know, um, pastel colors or white. So, but if you, you, you know how when you're a teen, you want to have some sort of freedom, you want to rebel. But well, we were allowed to wear, let's say, different shoes, bright shoes, or let's say some jewelry, which was not too 
you know, not too bright, nothing yeah, too not bright. Yeah, not too gaudy. By the way, gaudy, yeah, it's like tacky. It's not, yeah, not tasteful. So I loved it. I loved having a uniform, really. Yeah. Yeah, my school, we had we had uniforms. We had tie, jacket, yeah, everything. And Was it the same for everyone? I mean... Same for everyone. Yeah, so same, same for everyone. Uniform. Yeah, for later on at school, there were different clubs at school, different societies or different people who were on the sports team got to wear a special tie and people who were um, not on the sports team had to wear the normal tie. Yeah, we had a school uniform. We always had to do up the top button of our shirts, which means to to fasten the top button. And we always had to tuck in our shirts, which means to put your shirt in below your um, below your waist, also below the belt, into mm-hmm. the pants, into, into the pants, excuse me, or into the trousers in oh, England. Excuse yeah, me. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That's okay. No, it's good. It's good to make this clear because pants in America. Trousers. Exactly. <laughs> pants in America and pants in England are two different things. So <laughs> don't you dare to tell, you know, in an American way to a person on the street, I like your pants. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you say that in England, then maybe <laughs> people might think you're too intimate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree yeah. with the uniform. Um, the class gap has closed with it and the discipline. And I, but we didn't, I didn't grow up with a a uniform. Mm -hmm. Uh, My sisters did because they were in Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. And so they had that. And then when I did substitute teaching, I chose specifically a Catholic school because of the uniform and because of the discipline. Like you said, it's just easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it also prepares the students for uh, the dress code in the corporate world or whatever jobs they may get in the future. So you have to, uh, to to look a certain way. Yeah, I, I learned how to tie a tie at school, which is quite, it sounds like a basic skill, but a lot of people can't do a tie. They can't tie a tie and it's, yeah. Well, definitely, I agree that school uniforms do provide discipline and provide structure. It's, uh, at school, I hated wearing school uniform, but now looking back, I think it's actually a really mm-hmm. good idea. It's I've just remembered that, you know, we actually had a system where five days a week from Monday to Friday, we were wearing a school uniform. But on Saturday, we were free to wear whatever we wanted. So it's like a free day. That's the other different thing is that Russian schools are open on Saturday, right? Yeah. 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 Very crazy. Crazy for us. Yeah, we don't have Saturday schools. Oh, really? So you only study from Monday to Friday. But but all day long. We don't have half days like Russians have. I understand. Yeah, we the had same in the Philippines. Yeah, we had eight forty-five to to I think it was four o'clock every day. Yeah, that's the first shift for us. Yeah, I mean, from I was studying. For example, the first shift was from eight thirty or from eight forty-five till three four p.m. Depending yeah. on how many classes you got, and then the second shift would be uh, from around twelve or one p.m. till eight eight, 8 p.m. That was mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. Well, this, so you said this is when you were in America? No, 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 in no, Russia. Russia. Oh, in Russia. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. So, yeah, so uniforms and times, they, they add discipline. <laughs> well, Saturday school, do you feel that Saturday school is necessary? I feel perhaps maybe it's a little too much for a kid. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's too much. You know, I agree. now I, looking back, I cannot understand how we managed to do that. Wake up at 6 a.m. every day, have this seven, eight classes, you know, then come home, do homework, have extracurriculars, do sport have time to meet with friends. How did we do that? Mm-hmm. Now I wake up at 6 a.m. two days in a row, I'm dead. 
I'm all for having discipline, but I think it's just not viable making kids wake up so early, especially teenagers. They need to sleep longer than adults because they're growing. And、mm. when you're growing, of course, you need to recover. And well, my, my and students feel- in the US told me that at school they had classes starting at 8 a.m. It's too early for kids. Yeah. So, and I cannot imagine how they did that. Yeah. Because then you know. If it's 8 a.m., the school bus comes way earlier than that. So, you know, because they have to pick up all the kids. So they had to wake up at like 6, 5.30. Yeah. I went to school at 7 <laughs> during、oh, wow. my time. That's, that's, <laughs> that's crazy early. Yeah. Oof. So I guess we're all in kind of consensus here that. Well, what, what do you feel? Do you feel early mornings, teenagers? Well, just, just like you to- said, the, yeah, there's some kind of study that says that teenagers are. Um, wire to stay up late、yeah. and get up late. And so school should start late. And there were some experimentations with that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that should change. I mean, I guess school could still be considered conventional, just even if it starts later. I don't see why it couldn't still be considered conventional or disciplined.、Mm. Um, what else can we talk about in terms of discipline? Homework. What do we think about homework? Do you feel that kids should be forced to do homework? I think homework,、um, it's okay, but you don't have to do it like every day just for the sake of doing it, just because it's required in the curriculum. I think, you know,、uh, and if ever you're going to give homework as, you know, a teacher, it has to be meaningful, not just some burden that they have to do at home, some kind of a punishment. It has、Busy、to be work. Yeah, exactly, right? So, yeah, I'm all for that, but it doesn't have to be like all the time, only when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And it has to be meaningful. It's not, it doesn't have to be like, you know, like a punishing kind of homework. Yeah, yeah, that reminds me of when I grew up, we didn't really have homework and we didn't ever take our textbooks home.、Mm-hmm. And I see kids now, and when my daughter was going to school, burdened with these heavy backpacks. And I never had to do that.、Mm-hmm. Well, coming, well, we all work in the sphere of teaching languages.、Uh, do you feel that kids should be forced to do? Language homework, or what should language homework look like for a grade schooler? Well, you see, as a teacher, you know, I think that, hey, we should have, you know, we should give some homework. But at the same time, I understand that kids have, what, 10 subjects at school, if not more, and then they have homework on each and every one of them. So, and it kind of builds up. So I feel sorry for the kids. So, whenever I, when, when I was working at school, I try not to kind of, you know, give them too much homework. Not to make them, you know, snowed under with、yeah. homework. It's, it's too much. True. But I feel the thing with languages is that it takes such a long time to learn any language to a high standard. Whereas other subjects, I mean, I'm not saying you can learn history overnight. Of course you can't. But you, for purposes of studying history at school, you just need to learn dates and a couple of facts about some kings and queens. Whereas with languages, it's like a constant process and you can't just. Come into a classroom twice a week and expect to get really good at a language. You have to be surrounded by the language at home. I mean, what would you suggest to grade schoolers or high school students learning languages? How could we force them to, force them to, yeah, kind of do homework or how can we force them to learn English better? I think in this case, it's just better to find a hobby in English. I had situations when I had. Kids in a classroom who had horrible grades, you know, but they were into what is it like World of Warcraft or something? Yes. The game. And that was an online game, and a lot of players were from other countries speaking English. 
and they would come to the classroom, you know, and actually try to speak and they could understand some things because of the game. So they got interested in English because of their hobby. So I think in this case, if you don't want to be too overwhelmed, find a hobby, watch TV shows or cartoons or something. Mm -hmm. Well, do you feel education is fit for purpose when it comes to languages? So normal schools, I mean, in America, how many kids speak fluent Spanish after going to high school? I'm not talking about people with native um, Hispanic Probably not parents. many, unless they're really going to concentrate on it. Um, but a lot of, I'm, I'm thinking about when I was in school, we would have a native speaker, a native Spanish speaker, um, come to our classroom like once a week or twice a week, and we would learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. And it was a good exposure, and that was good enough. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why I'm asking is because in Russia, in England, in so many countries, not all, but in many countries, students go to school and they learn a language for 10 years <clears throat> and then they leave school not being able to order a table at a restaurant or being able to do basic things in a language that's because of the lack of native speakers i think do you think so mm -hmm. i yeah, think i do or maybe uh, well i don't know about the system but i remember when i was learning english at school before it was mostly about the grammar thing grammar exercises yes. to complete um, and we learned about, you know, language for research, um, very technical kind of, you know, language, uh, of, obviously in English, but we were not taught how to order something, uh, let's say, uh, at a restaurant or book a table, anything like that. But it was more like, okay, um, this is the object. This is the subject. Y you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I have, I have a story. So Right after I graduated from university, I went to work at a school and I mean a secondary school. So and I was so inspired. You know, I'm going to teach this kids English. I, you know, yeah. I'm going to make it fun and everything. You know, you very quickly learn that nobody's interested in that. And yeah. I'm not meaning the, the, the kids. I mean, the school and the system. So because you have a program. So, and I created, you know, different games. I found extracts from TV shows, from movies to illustrate the topic. I had some sort of creative tasks. And then I had a talk with the headmaster who said like, hey, why are you so behind the schedule? I said, well, yeah. I try to pay attention so the kids actually understand and start to use these things. She, she said, Chile, sorry. She just said, it doesn't matter. I said, what do you mean it doesn't matter? What is more important to you, the program and the documents or the knowledge, she said, the program. I don't care what these kids know. Yeah. I said, wait a second. So you, and it, the textbooks are horrible. They suggest that you go through 12 different tenses within the 45 minute lesson. It's impossible. And I said, wait, but what if the kids don't understand? She said, I don't care. One person understands, you move on. It doesn't matter. That was the moment when I was disappointed in our system of education. Yeah, it's, that, that, that's a yeah great explanation of, of yeah, the situation. In England, we a lot of people learn French because France is our neighbor and nobody can really speak good French after 10 years of school. And I think it's a real shame. And I definitely, as much as I am a fan of traditional education, I definitely feel that languages need, needs, something needs to change drastically when it comes mm -hmm. to languages. Which countries speak excellent English? Well, that's the Netherlands, Nordic countries, uh, well, the Philippines, most people speak good English, don't they? Yeah, but I, I wouldn't say like in the same level as those countries that you have mentioned. Well, there's a good background knowledge. Most people can still speak yeah, English. Of course, of course. Yes. So the reason why is because people watch TV in English every single day. 
Um, whereas in Russia, for instance, people don't really watch much English TV. Well, they do, but it will have the voiceovers. And we talked about this in a previous mm-hmm. podcast. But something needs to drastically change. It can't can't go on the way it is. How do you feel that languages should be evaluated at schools? Well, it has to be uh, in a communicative form, not just the pen and paper. Um, mm-hmm. It has to be uh, in terms of the production of the language. So there has to be some kind of a speaking activity. And then the teacher, uh, him or herself, should have uh, rubrics to follow, mm-hmm. to evaluate you know, the, uh, the level of the student. I mean, certain criteria that you yeah. have to look into. In the same way that, I mean, it's not just for speaking, but the same thing for writing i mean you do have rubrics so that you can evaluate if the student can really use certain words uh, do you think too much importance is given to writing at schools and when it comes to languages do you think that more i've personally well, i don't think they're writing if you're talking about doing yeah. exercises that's yeah. different from actually writing essays i mean yeah, yeah writing essays you not yeah, i don't think essays, writing yeah. essays is is something not that, not in russia no no no, no well nobody i've and you know, even if we talk about higher education, I spent five years learning the language, you know, 12 hours a day. We were never taught how to write an essay. Mm-hmm. I had to learn it the hard and a way. A lot of times it's because the professor or the teacher, whatever level, does not have enough time to correct all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a monstrous task. Yeah. I mean, if you have 35 students in a class, like how are you going to get through that? Well, yeah. a lot of times these language classes only have maybe six to 12, right? Mm-hmm. Not really 30. If you're talking about a higher level. But when, when I was at school, my class was what, 25 people all together learning French. Yeah, that's... At the university, right? No, at school I'm talking uh, school. about. Yeah, at school, yeah, when we were learning French, yeah. You know, when it comes to evaluation, I like the difference between, uh, for example, Russia and the US. Because in Russia, most of the exams is just, you know, multiple choice tests, which actually shows nothing. And it's mostly grammar yeah. tests. What does it show? Nothing. Maybe a person knows the grammar so well, but they can't speak. Whereas in the US, the most common exam, at least at the higher education, you know, is OPI, which is oral proficiency interview. Yeah. So basically they evaluate how you speak and what sort of uh, communicative tasks you can solve. I did not even realize that. I, I, I think speaking is so much more important than being able to complete yeah, so, grammar yeah, exercise. In, in Russia, you ask people, hey, what do you think uh, is the way? They say, oh, you know, we have the Cambridge exams. Mm-hmm. Cambridge exams is 95% of writing and grammar and yeah. vocabulary. And if you don't know, a, you know, an exact phrase, you lose the points. Yeah. What? But whereas, you know, in, in the US, for example, in higher education, it's OPI. So you have this interview and during the interview, they check what sort of tasks you can solve. Let's say it starts with the simpler ones, like order something in a cafe and everything. And then depending on the level, the questions get more and more difficult. So at the proficiency level or you know, higher advanced level. So the questions that you will be asked would be about, uh, let's say, philosophy or the world or some sort of, you Mm -hmm. know, major problems in the world and so on to see how well you can analyze and express your opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, but not grammar. And what do you feel about the structure of many listening tasks in exams and in schools? I personally, (laughs) even in my native language, I make mistakes in these listening exercises. They're more of like, short-term memory exercises do you feel that that needs to change do you feel that do you i mean how would you evaluate listening i think personally i feel it should be in conjunction with speaking it should be rather than listen to an extract 
for three minutes or five minutes and then try to remember all the figures, all the numbers and write down all the numbers. What what do you feel? Do you feel that that's a good exercise? Are, are you talking about um, a foreign language? Yeah, in, in a foreign language, yeah. So listening exercises where you will listen I, I don't to, I don't have much experience. No, for that. instance, yeah, many textbooks you, you will uh, listen to uh, an extract. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand your point and I can appreciate that because, you know, uh, they normally go hand in hand, listening and speaking. However, yeah. you also have to understand that in life, you don't just do a lot. I mean, you don't just talk. I mean, sometimes you watch television, there's yeah. no conversation there. Or when you listen to the radio, yeah. you simply, you know, passively listen to it. And that's why uh, as much as um, I do understand, because sometimes some of the listening exercises, it's like a bit of a test of your memory because you yeah. have to remember certain details. But then, well, that's how it kind of works also in real life when you listen to the radio and if you or, or watch you know, TV or whatever, and then you share the story with another person. So you have to remember some details. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand your point, but yeah, I don't see anything wrong with the listening exercises unless you find something, you I know, mean, with the, questionable. If we talk about testing, I think it's totally fine because let's say if we have a look at different exams, so we have the IELTS, mm-hmm. we have the TOEFL, they have listening tasks, but they are so different. So in, in IELTS, you listen to a task, you fill in the gaps and everything. So it checks your understanding of the text, so how well you can understand the written, uh, the, the spoken text. Uh, let's say in TOEFL, it's a little bit of a different story because in there you have the listenings, you don't see the tasks. So you have to take notes. So it also checks your ability to take notes and to memorize information. But what I like about these tests is that they not only they don't only have you know the academic test they have conversation dialogue about university a lecture and something else so it's a different set of situations so when it comes to testing it's totally fine it's the teaching that we should change a little bit because mostly when we have the listening exercises we test we should teach how to listen and it also requires you know certain skills and everything yeah right well, I've, I've worked with a few students on OGE exams and YEGE exams and IELTS exams as well. Um, and sometimes I will do the listening tests and most of the time I get 100%. But there will be times when I'm just a little tired and I miss out a little fact. And I think if a native speaker is not getting 100%, then... How, yeah, I mean, is, yeah, those yeah. listening audios yeah. are difficult. They, yeah. They can They're be. tricky, yeah. I actually have a, an example of my TOEFL exam. So when I was taking TOEFL back in 2017, there were nine listening tasks. So it would go, you know, one listening, you take notes because you don't see the tasks. It ends, you have two minutes to fill in, you know, to do the tasks and everything. It goes on. So no pause. So and the last one of the last tasks was a lecture about like three, four minutes long. And at some point, you know, I understood that I just dozed off for like a minute. And then I was like, oh, my God, I missed the whole minute of information. What was that? I had no idea. Yeah. Of course, I lost points, but then again, it had nothing to do with the level of the language, but more about the attention. But I am actually glad that they reduced the number of listenings from nine to six in yeah. the, within the recent years. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, think about a lecture. You go to university, you have a ninety-minute lecture. Mm-hmm. Still have to be able, you know, to understand most of it. So, yeah, and to keep your attention, <laughs> make sure that you're awake. <laughs> exactly. So maybe learning languages at school should be <laughs> attention and language skills. 
yeah english and keeping Eng- note skills yes attention, note memory. skills yeah um well let's let's come back to grade school and high school different types of high school what do we feel about homeschooling i i believe do you have experience of homeschooling mm-hmm. yes yes yeah. Yeah, were well, you yeah, what, homeschooled or? Uh, well uh, there was a moment with my daughter um, I guess she was in sixth grade. We moved. And so she was upset about that. She didn't want to go to the new school. And so I said, okay, I'll have to homeschool you. And of course I was working. I was, you know, I didn't have time. I didn't really want to do it. So well, what can I teach her? I, this was before I was college educated anyway. And I was not in, you know, I didn't know anything. So I said, okay, well, I'll teach you how to type. And so I made up exercises for her to learn how to type. I, I think was, that's a great skill. Actually, yeah, I think it is useful. Type, yeah. And then I thought, well, um, I guess I can teach her the Russian alphabet. Ooh. So I made her write the Russian alphabet. Wow. And that was pretty much the extent of what I could teach. I mean, I really didn't know what to do. And so I did find a, a, some kind of dis, uh, a distant learning thing that was, uh, was uh, accredited. Mm. And so she had to do that for a few months. And then we moved, which was a better situation. And I said, you're going to school no matter what. Go. <laughs> so what's the law in the States regarding homeschooling? So you have to receive a packet of... Yeah, there, it has to be some kind of accreditation. And you yeah. have to go to your local school and um, uh, submit some documents or something. I, yeah. I don't know. All right. So it's was it like a very onerous task? Was it a really difficult task? To... I don't know. I didn't monitor. I yeah. said, you're on your own with this. Yeah. And she did it herself and I just mailed it. I, I didn't yeah, check. Yeah. So do they have to do SATs when they're at home? Well, this was only in sixth grade. Oh, it was only sixth yeah. grade. But let's say, can, can you do homeschooling until high school? And- oh, you can do it all sorts of things. A lot of religions do that, you know. Yeah. They, um, What's it like, Amish people? Well, or Christians too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I believe that not many people have it in themselves to be able to teach well and to know what to teach. I mean... Have a look at some of the textbooks of like third graders. You would be shocked. Like, you know, sometimes I have I have friends who have kids now and they say, you know, my kid brings me the textbook. I look at it like, what the hell is that? You can't understand it, right? Right. Right. My daughter did that too. She was she was so frustrated with something. I said, let me read it. And I was in college at the time. I go, oh, my God, I don't even understand what it didn't even make sense. Exactly. So in this case, you know, if you want to homeschool your kid, you have to make sure that you know what you are going to teach them and how. Mm-hmm. And not many people, can, you know, have that in them. And there's a lot of motivation involved because, you know, having to do it yourself and and then, of course, you know, to do it with your child, you have to make sure that it will be interesting for, for the child. Otherwise, I don't know how much learning will take place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that reminds me. They would do some kind of field trip. So there are organizations that um, homeschoolers from all over the area or local homeschoolers would attend some kind of art program or some field trip. Oh, that's great. And they would meet other homeschoolers. That's amazing because otherwise, you know, they don't have great social skills sometimes. I mean, if the kid is always at home, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything. But being able to meet other homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. And plus going to dance class or music school Mm -hmm. and other things. Well, that's good. You know, uh, have you seen a movie, Captain Fantastic? No. So it's a movie where, so a family has five five or six kids, but then um, 
the woman dies, so the man has to take care of the kids, and he homeschools them. And he teaches them, you know, how to uh, survive in the wild world, teaches them history, teach, teaches them how to think, and so on. Now, I remember there was a moment when uh, one of the girls is reading a book, and he says, what are you reading? He said, Lolita. And he asks, what do you think? He said, it's interesting. And everyone just shouts, interesting is a bad word. You know, you can't say interesting. He said, because that's not what you think. So tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? And in this case, you know, you watch this movie like, damn. Yeah, that, so that is. Out. Because we that's that word is something we just kind of fall back on, right? Right. Interesting. And it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So if you ever want to know more about homeschooling, watch this movie. It's really great. Kind of shows the both sides, you mm -hmm. know. Well, I feel homeschooling provides people an opportunity to learn the most essential life skills. Whereas school, to be honest, you learn a lot of nonsense. <laughs> you, I don't you know. Learn, when, yeah. I, when I was growing up in the 60s and the early 70s, I went to high school. Um, it was before the women's movement or it was during it, the second wave. And um, the girls had to... Uh, take home economics. We had to learn how to cook and sew. Oh, that, that's a great subject. Yeah, yeah I'm that 100. Is great. But I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, I'm not dissing history or geography because I'm, I'm personally really interested in both of those subjects, but I don't really see the value of teaching bored children physical geography. Oh, no. It's, I don't see the no, value. There, there's, you got to know the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 no the maps, the maps. I'm talking about physical geography, like like structures of mountains. And oh, I think that's features. very important. Yeah. You feel yeah. so? Even if you don't understand it or you're not going to retain it, at least you got to be exposed to it. I mean, I, I read about this stuff at my age because I'm really interested in it, but I don't know if it's worth oh, showing it's a 12 year old. Yeah. Just you an know, introduction. Yeah. I believe that. You know, we have to have an opportunity to learn all those things. So let's say when I was at school, we had astronomy, which will, which now kids do not have at school. But I was really happy that we had it. But at the same time, it really makes me sad that school, neither school nor university actually, prepare us for the real life sometimes. I mean, this class that you mentioned, Maria, amazing. We had that. I, we learned how to cook, how to saw, you I know, how to great, knit. Yeah. Uh, the guys learn how to use the different tools, you know, and instruments. At the same time, I just wish we also had some classes on basic psychology, you know, that people are different, you know, have some so, sort of um, emotional intelligence classes or, for example, oh, taxes. Yeah. Just to, yeah, just right. To, I know what you mean. You know, just to yeah. explain us how the world works, yeah. mm -hmm. how taxes work. But the, that, okay. Yeah, definitely. But that's the other thing. Now we live in the age of the internet and we have access to so much information that we previously did not have. When I was at school, the internet was still kind of very basic. And I wish we had YouTube to to, to mean, learn all these look, history facts and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and if When you're like 13, 14 year old, yeah. uh, you don't even know the term emotional intelligence. You don't know about empathy or different let's say, mental states and everything. So, and nobody would even have an idea to search for that because they don't know it exists. Okay, well, in America, those kinds of things did exist. In the 1950s, 1960s, they're called public announcements. And there, if you can Google it, Google it, you'll see these black and white videos of the proper way of having dinner. And the well, proper like way, yes, etiquette, proper way of, you know, entering a party, leaving emotional intelligence. Google it. You will be so fascinated. Oh, you had the... Oh, my God. I've so seen jealous. some of them on yes, YouTube. Yes. They're I wish we had anything like that, to be honest. Never, never we had anything like that in Russia. 
So. I mean, my personal opinion, I think schools should be vocational. I mean, I think all schools should be vocational, even at like a younger age. I don't think... Define vocational. So vocational meaning that it prepares you for a job after after school. Yeah. That's my... I mean, we do have vocational schools all everywhere, but I feel that that's what schools what should about be. about humanities where you're learning right. about I, I'm history fascinated by that, but philosophy. I feel that my personal opinion is that that's not necessary for a kid. Oh, I, I, feel I that, disagree. I feel that we it's just overload of information, uh, in my I'm opinion. A, I'm on team Varias. Yeah, yeah you've got to be exposed to it so that you can learn appreciation or at least be exposed where you just know what philosophy you know would might entail certain You know, basic. In, in this case, I kind of like the system of Finnish education. Do you know yeah. about Finland? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more relaxed. It, so yeah. it's considered to be one of the best, you know, educational systems in the world because they have the obligatory subjects like math, the language, art, actually, I think is one of the obligatory subjects. And some, I think science as well. But then at the same time, they have a lot of subjects that a kid can choose, like electives, I think they're called. Yeah, electives. Yeah. So, And then if you feel like you're more into art, you can take other art classes. Mm-hmm. And then again, art can be different. So it can be uh, deeper literature or let's say creative arts or music. If you feel like you're more into sciences, you just, you know, choose more of scientific subjects like physics, chemistry, you name it. So, you know, I, I like it when kids have a choice of some sort. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, we had the same thing. The 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 ones that we were obligated to and then the um elect electives. Yeah, the the same case. Um I, I think it's still important to learn the basics and just like what you've said and uh, a certain amount of exposure uh, exposure, not necessarily getting into the nitty gritty, you know, details of things like very technical because you reserve that for higher education once you decide what special uh, specialization to take but i think it's good to be exposed to Mm -hmm. many different yeah we call that being well-rounded right being well-rounded right right. and then you decide for yourself later on okay which one you would like to specialize in depending on your interests Mm -hmm. i i have a question if i may so how does it work in in the u.s in the philippines and in britain so when you're at school so do you have the same sort of subjects? I mean, you don't ha- you don't get to choose things when you're in high school. Like you how do does you change that work? In the, so in the UK we have GCSEs and then you have A levels. GCSEs are kind of like the all gear of England and A levels are like the year gear mm. of um England and, or the UK. And the GCSEs you have to do maths, English, language, English literature, um basic sciences. Um you also have to do you, you get to choose three subjects. So I could choose. That's a lot of exams. Yeah. Oh, we had 11. It was way too oh much. Oh my God. It was way too much. I wow. had, I chose oh. geography, um, art and some, what, something else. It's not important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had 11 subjects. And I've, my personal opinion is that at school, kids should just do maths and English. That's that, it. That's kind of what we do. Maths, English, home economics. That's it. No history, no geography. Just basic oh, bones. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm glad no one yeah. else agrees with you. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel, it, should, I feel so it should just sad. be so sad. And then, and then the, the teacher says, "Go home, watch oh YouTube, the paint a picture at home." I think, oh, no, no, I no. think Benjamin means more like yeah. the exams, the not exams, just the study, yeah. but take the exam in like math and well, English. We have the internet now for humanities, and that's 
that's what it's there for. You need a teacher. You need yeah. a teacher. Someone to I, I guide. Mean, at school, I mean, I'm so interested in humanities now at an older age, and I watch YouTube documentaries about you history. You majored in and, humanities. Well, languages, I guess. I guess it is. Yeah. Well, yes, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. I, guess. I guess. Yeah, that's but, part of humanities but, or but, foreign languages. But I wish... Sorry well, to break we're it. Gonna, we're going to come... We, we, we are. I know, but coming back to education, I feel that university i i learned i mean not dissing my university because it's a great university but i wish i just learned language there was so much history and other cultural stuff that i learned that i just felt it's kind of a waste of time like i'm here to learn a language (laughs) that's interesting what do you guys feel do you feel that well, okay, to be fair, I also felt that way too when I was uh, at school. I was, you know, I thought, why do, uh, what do I need this for? Especially with a little bit of the IT sphere, like programming. Yeah. And, and I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to be a programmer someday. Like, I don't need this. But, you know, um, okay, I may not have liked it, but then at least it exposed me a little bit on the, I mean, computer terms. So yeah. that, you know, now as an adult, I'm not really totally ignorant mm-hmm. uh, about such terms so yeah it yeah. wasn't really good but i i feel like it's kind of necessary mm-hmm. well yeah. you know the reason why i ask is that uh in a lot of schools in russia after the ninth grade you get to choose you know what to do later and then in a lot of schools including mine where where i studied we had to choose whether we go to a class that is focusing on humanities the one that focuses on math yeah or just you know the general one So, and for example, I was in the class that was focusing on humanities. So, which means that in the 10th grade, it was all the usual subjects. But in the 11th grade, we had no chemistry, no geography, no biology. Because within within one year in the 10th grade, we had to cover the program of two years. But we did have 10 lessons of literature, six lessons of Russian, six lessons of English, four lessons of German, six of literature, and six of social studies. And that was a lot. 10 lessons of literature. Well, there's a huge generational gap here because, of yeah. course, I I went to school a lot earlier than any of you. Yeah. And I we didn't have all these tests that you're talking about. I'm not familiar with them. I don't care about them. We mm-hmm. didn't, we just weren't burdened by yeah. these things. And I just want to make something clear. Like, I don't, I'm not dissing humanities as well. And, and, and I know you guys like love humanity. I love I love humanities too. But I just don't. I just feel like teenage kids get bored by this stuff. Quite frankly, like a lot of my classmates were falling asleep and at school. And but I, again, it's, that, it's just the exposure. I've, I'm repeating myself. Yeah. Just, just looking at it, and going, yeah. oh, I don't like it, and it bores me. At least they know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I believe that kids should know where to access information if they're truly interested in it. So. I mean, now, well, now it's kind of easier. It's kinda, yeah, it's much easier. And that's my point is, is that school, in my opinion, school should just be there to learn the life skill, basic life skills, prepare you for life. All the other interesting, amazing stuff like literature and humanities that should be done at home, like as for fun. I feel exams is so burdensome for kids. And like, I, I just remember. You see my face, right? Yeah, yeah. Go to school, learn basic maths, learn basic language skills, maybe a bit of IT too. Oh, okay. You're talking about, let's say literature. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful, Katya, to read something and then want to discuss it with someone? Well, for languages, I do agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish we had had this opportunity when we had literature classes, but in my case, it was more of a lot of reading 
And then if your opinion did not, you know, coincide with the teacher's opinion, then you were wrong. Yeah. So there were two opinions, our teachers and the wrong one. <laughs> but, but at least that, you could hear one person's opinion, the teacher, and then you could have yours. At least that was that something. But you're saying you're sending yeah. us home and we have to read by ourselves and talk. No, you don't have to. You can if you want to. That's that's the that's the yeah. That's, that's the, the point. point that that you do you and do many people want to. At yeah, school, yeah. At school, oh, you're I had, a very disciplined uh, young man, Benjamin. But 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 if you think you, about you're gonna, it, you really think that people are going to go home and open up some kind of book when no, they won't. They won't. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> that's but why they need they to sit in class and but, be made to do it. But my opinion is that teenagers are only going to remember. We want. Don't we all agree? We want teenagers to retain information. No, who cares? Who cares about the memory? I'm talking about the exposure, the very base level of exposure and choice. I, I just feel that if you're going to teach something, you might as well make the people remember it. Uh, you just like well, you know, yeah. see, what's the, the point of teaching if yeah if people don't remember things? The idea when you teach, you know, the idea is not to make the kids remember, so you're not stuffing them like a turkey, you know, with the stuffing like with. Well, of course, yeah, but but the idea is to through literature, for example, mm. you make them think and analyze and this is a skill you know that is well i believe should be one of the most important ones in school to teach people how to think yeah. okay so this is called critical thinking right. right and we learn that through philosophy we learn it through mathematics we learn it through literature we learn by talking like what do you think what do i think i don't understand this teacher explain it to me and the teacher mm -hmm. who's more experience can explain it give a broader uh perspective, perspective right mm -hmm. yeah i mean at school i remember i had this classmate who he was so bad at everything he failed every single subject he got do you know what a u grade is a u in england or used to be like the worst grade it was like a dvoika like a number two he got u's and d's for everything but I remember one thing. He remembered every single football score <laughs> <laughs> for the last, I think it was like 40 years. Like if you said to him, what was the score between Chelsea and Arsenal in 1980-whatever? But guess he, what that is? That's history. Yeah, yeah. That's but, sport history. But, but he remembered that information because he, he played stupid video games at home. Or okay, so what did home. he grow up to be? I have no idea. Probably prison. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know. <laughs> but the point is that he remembered this information because he enjoyed it. And my most, what I want to say is, is that if we're going to teach history and geography, which I, I still have to say again, great subjects, we have to make it in a way that's enjoyable for, for kids. Well, he was, yeah. but, but that's history yeah. though. Everything yeah. has history. Everything. This table yeah. has history. Everything has history. And to be honest, teenagers, most teenage boys don't care. Well, I, I don't know about teenage girls. I can't speak for they teenage girls, either. but they don't care either. <laughs> Nobody cares. And what's the point in leap? Well, we have this expression in English, as we all know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And that's that's why I feel like these teenagers are not going to drink the water. Perhaps you're an nihilist. I'm not a nihilist, actually. No, no, I'm actually opposite. Maybe. Yeah. But, I think, uh, okay, it all boils yeah. down to how the subject is taught. Because let's be fair, there are also people who don't like mathematics but are forced to learn them because it's, yeah. you need to learn that. In life, you need to calculate, right? So uh, it's not just for humanities. Yeah. yeah? I mean, uh, of course. Well, I always think math should be essential. It, yeah, yeah I, I understand that. I mean, it yeah. is essential, but mathematics is not for everyone. I mean, it's not for me, I but mean, I, basic I still have maths, to learn it. Not trigonometry, not. It, yeah, but, yeah, I understand yeah. that. But in this same way that humanities on the basic level should still be taught because 
we need to be multifaceted, like well-rounded. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, but, oh, um, but then again, it's uh, I think uh, the work of the teacher to make sure that no matter how boring the subject yeah. may be, that it will still be enjoyable, at least to you know m- most students. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, if you read my creative nonfiction yeah. by Fari Portier, yeah. um, called Mathematics: A Passion for Numbers, you'll know the story of me being in remedial high school math with a bunch of really cool guys who reeked of cigarette smoke and weed and they rode <laughs> motorcycles and I was stuck in this class. And we were learning algebra and I shouted out, it's a true story, what is life? And the student teacher just kept on writing. She just completely ignored me. But that's what I really wanted to know was what is life? <laughs> and then decades later, I I went to college and College equals university. I went to university and um, I had to take algebra. And, you know, it was so logical and I was so grateful to be made to be in mathematic class. And, but of course I appreciated it many decades later. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, I love maths too, actually. And I was never particularly good at maths, but later in life I came to it. And do you know that um, the British say maths and we Americans say math. Do you know that? Yeah, oh, without an F. Yeah, that's a good it's, point. Of course, mathematics. Yeah, well, but the short the whole, version yeah. is just Wait, so math. In British it's right. maths. Yeah. Yes, with an S. Yes, and American math. Math. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what good. This, yeah, yeah, me too. That's, that's <laughs> really so funny. You know. Thank you. Thank really? you. That's actually wow. a really good yes. point, actually. Oh, yeah. I had to learn a foreign language when I got here with all this British English. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. You see, I, I have a yeah. hard time pronouncing maths. I just say math because yeah. that's how we do it in the Philippines, yeah. like the American way. American, right. right. To be honest, when learning English, I always suggest to students, unless you're going to go live in England, learn American English. It's it's more widespread. People understand it. Even oh, in the I'm going to quote yeah. you then on yeah. that. <laughs> See, my British colleague says. <laughs> no, I definitely, even though, of course, I love my country and everything, I, I definitely suggest yeah, learn American English because... If we say some English words in America, it sounds really funny. Or it a lot does. of people don't even like, understand. I fancy that. Do you fancy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fancy or, that. Or if I said, oh, I'm going to pop to the shops. Yes. Pop. Yeah, pop. All so, right. Yeah, so you <laughs> pop what, up, pop what, down. What pop did in, you say pop. about my dad? <laughs> pop. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, as, a, as a foreigner, you know, in the US, I also had situations when, because I was taught British English. Uh, at university and then I went to the US and people corrected me all the time they're like oh it's that's that's a mistake and I was like that's not a mistake why why in Russia is British English the standard English taught here so close I mean Alaska is like right next door (laughs) (laughs) well that is Russia but it's far east it is actually a standard yet to teach um, British English it's the same in Kazakhstan all the English textbooks are you know published uh in the UK, and yeah. it's mostly British English that they're learning there. It is, it is strange. I definitely feel that it'd be more useful for people to learn American English, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. Because in Britain, we all watch American TV. Everyone understands what a truck is. But if we go to America and oh say a lorry. Goodness. Oh, so what is that? I had to look it up at the dictionary when I got here. I was like, what are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I, I also had to correct one of my students who um, we were talking about the word cozy, and I said, spell it. And so I was right. Oh, no, I, I, I guess I must have written 
uh, C O Z Y because we use Z's. yeah yeah and then and Z. she said no it's with an S I said no it's not <laughs> and then I had to when I saw her the next like two years later I said I have to apologize to you I had no idea that was a British spelling I yeah. apologize it is correct for the Brits yeah. the very fact that you say Z yeah, yeah as well because well. it's sad <laughs> yeah, that's Z, right yeah, right yeah. right, Z, right exactly yeah. yeah. Ooh, fun. Yeah. So, all right. So, I think we're all in agreement with um, American English. I guess we could say that. Yeah. American English is better to concentrate on. And also, if you do IELTS, you can only choose American English or British English. You can't mix Which and match them. Which makes me so mad because right now I do not even differentiate anymore in my head. Like, what is this phrase? Is it American? Yeah, is it British? Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, some days you feel point. American, some days you uh, feel British. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. I tried to make it a point. Okay, just like we'll read something in Cambridge uh, books. Yeah. And I'll say, just for fun, I just want you to know what we say in America, just for right. fun. Yeah. But if you're going to take a British test, you better use it this one. I mean, yeah. sometimes you don't even know. Let's say I know the phrase cut in line. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea it's like only an American yeah. thing. Because yeah. in Britain, you say a different thing. Like, yeah, Q. Like jump the uh-huh. Q. Jump the Q, right. exactly, exactly. No idea. So I just learned this phrase without understanding whether it's yeah. British or American. Yeah, or cut it out. We don't really say that in England. We'd oh, say, like oh, stop it. Cut stop it out. It. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. American. Uh-huh. Yeah, in, in English, we'd just say, oi. Ah, oi? <laughs> or, or stop like, it. Oi. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well... Let's come on to university. We talked a lot about school and and learning languages in general. Um, Let's talk more about university. So obviously we have a little bit of a division between the studying of humanities, whatever. There's going to be disagreements. No one can 100% agree with things. But do you feel that, what advice would you give to a 20-something or to a late teen? Would you tell teenagers to, well, let's say an American teenager now, where tuition fees are really expensive, would you suggest go go study art? And uh, I love art; I paint myself. But would you tell a would you tell a teenager to go to art college and spend thousands and thousands of dollars? I mean, look, uh, what I love about you know the about higher education system in the U.S. is that usually you uh, get to university, you spend the, your first first year when you're a freshman just studying the basic thing and seeing what you're interested in. And then by the end of the second year, you have to claim your major. In Russia, it's not like that. You enter a specific university knowing your major. And UK too. Yeah. And then you can imagine, for example, I just turned 16 when I had to apply for university. I had no idea what I wanted to be at that moment. Nobody did. So which is why very often, you know, kids enter university and then in their third year, they understand that's not what, what yeah, they want to do. Yeah, that's a shame. That's horrible. And then mm-hmm. you have a choice either to finish, you know, to complete your degree and then to study again or try to get a job, which is not, you know, your major or drop out and start it all, you know, all together, like from from the very beginning. And it's difficult. But I would definitely recommend anybody to go to college. There is something so valuable about those core courses um, I don't care how old you are, a teenager, older, you've got to get that college education because it it just opens up your mind. It just broadens. I'm a completely different person pre and post college educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is one thing that surprises me because a lot of the students that I have here in Russia, like they have a different specialization at university. And then when they start working, it's a totally different job. Um, I wonder that though, don't you have like career orientation? Because I remember 
uh, before graduating uh, at our school, we had this, you know, like psychological testing and then orientation. So it, it's it kind of helped us or, or guided us. And it worked because uh, a lot of us before graduating, we kind of knew already, oh, okay, this one, this is what uh, I intend to do in the future. So they are just. Okay, I'm not allowed to swear. So just nonsense, because, you know, they're very limited in the amount of professions that they actually, you know, offer. So I remember we had such classes, you know, and everything. And I was told that I would make a good accountant. I can't even count very well. What are you talking about? Never wanted to be one. Hated math. So and, you know, nowadays we live in a such fast paced world. It's impossible to, you know, predict what sort of area you would like to work in because the world is changing too fast let's say it you start studying five years later there isn't such a profession anymore the world is different so i think that those orientation tests or something are just you know not really helpful unless but you're you absolutely do have lost. that right but we do have that yeah well just to be clear well let's pretend we are all employers let's say i don't know we work for a i don't know a it company what's more important someone's education or what experience they have okay that depends on the you know on the job because let's say it sphere experience and skills is more important just because let's say yeah. in russia you can't get education in a lot of spheres yeah as so my fiance is in the game development industry yeah. there, are, there is no degree in game development there is nothing like that yeah now. well at least they're very rare yeah so yeah. it's only just you know appearing in russia so that's why, you know, for them, education doesn't matter. You know, if you have it, but it's a different major, ah, well, okay. The if you don't reason, have it, fine. The reason why I'm saying this is because the UK and the US, like our generation, there's so many people who do liberal arts degrees and I'm one of them. And a lot of people just end up like not knowing what to do after university. And, and those who do engineering and medicine, and they, they get a job. and Yeah. And yeah, and I think, I don't know, I think humanities is like a hobby mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be a school thing. I wish it was a well-paid hobby. <laughs> yeah, though. yeah. So, I mean, my opinion is that, I mean, a lot of jobs require university education. If you want to be a teacher, you've got to go to university or college. Yeah, you've you got to do it. I mean, you, one thing that of- it shows is that you did commit yourself, you got up, mm-hmm. you were in class, you took the test, you wrote those research papers and that you are reliable. That's yeah. what that degree could mean. reliable yeah exactly yeah. it's just it's just reliability but it's not really a skill is it i don't know it just well, changes mean, the whole person if you exactly go, it's so just really... while you study you become a different person yes. you get new skills yes and then well you see you want to get a good job let's say you want to show what kind of a person you are and usually university degree helps you do that and because then... because you're exposed to different kinds of people mm-hmm. and you're learning the history of different people and the cultures well yeah i mean uh, if i had well if well, guys, let us know what you feel. If you have a, I don't know, a 17-year-old son or daughter, what would you advise them to do? Would you advise them to go to university? Would you advise them to... Uh, well, my personal advice would be um, become a plumber. If you don't like it, change your career later. At least you have some good skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what, what would you advise, Ken, to your 17-year-old son or daughter? Well, to be honest, well, if I were to become a father someday, <laughs> yeah. um, hypothetically, but um, second conditional. <laughs> so uh, I would, well, uh, I would still encourage my, you know, child to 
you know, go get a degree because let's face it, in society, it's really very important, especially in the Philippines. Although in life, uh, I understand that you may have a degree, but it doesn't really define you as a person or what your future will be. However, um, I'm a very realistic person. And um, unfortunately, a diploma is very necessary in my country in order to land a job. I mean, if you want to get at least a high paying job, you need to have a degree. So I will still, uh, I would still encourage my child to get a degree. But then at the end of the day, it's up to my child to decide what he or she, you know, uh, she would like to do with it because um, you could still change your mind. And, you know, just because you studied a particular, you know, major doesn't mean that that's the only job that you could do because, you know, we possess a lot of skills. And in your lifetime, um, you will discover some other potentials that you may have. And so yeah. you could always change your job. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, well, my daughter was 17. Um, I told her, I said, you are going to go to a university. She did not want to go. <laughs> and so I said, okay, um, let's go take a tour of a, a university that looks like Harry Potter. It's called Oglethorpe University. Oh, cool. It's one of those gothic architecture. I said, here you go. What, how would you like to go, go here? And she loved it. So she she love, did go. I love the fact that, you know, in America and in Britain, I think they have these tours, you know, the... The potential students come in, they, they get a chance to talk to students, you know, to see what it's like. Sitting on a class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, my, my main concern is that in America, at least, and in the UK, well, more America, student loans are, uh, you, you have to pay them back. And well, in that's Ameri- another story. In, yeah. a, in America, um, even if you declare bankruptcy, you still have to pay your student loans. You can't, those, those loans don't get forgiven. If... You, if your salary is lower, is kind of low, yeah. you can actually um, set your payback to zero. Oh, really? And you will be in, it will be all legal. Oh, so that's the same as the UK. I didn't realize oh. that. Yeah, because the UK, if you earn under, I think it's 21,000 pounds a year, you don't have to pay back your student loans. Well, no, you do have to pay it back, but you have to set it to zero. So you're technically paying it back, you're but you're paying back it. zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, if that's the case, then okay, just go to college and... <laughs> and then just be poor the rest of your life so yeah. you can just set it to zero. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm speaking from experience. You know this. Yeah. <laughs> well... There are lots of new courses that are available now online as well. For instance, uh, uh, there are many different platforms. I think Udemy or mm-hmm. other different. Coursera. Coursera. Oh, Coursera. Coursera. I love Coursera. I mean, how much, do the, how much does a typical course on those platforms well, Those are cost? free. They're unless free? Unless you want to get. They're free. But if you want to get a certificate, you know, and you want to have your homework checked by a professor, then you have to pay. And usually, you know, it varies from like $100 to like several hundred. But then again, if you just want to get the, mm-hmm. you know, the task and the homework, it's absolutely free. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't even know that. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have gone to university. Maybe I should have just, <laughs> yeah. But for languages, guys, um, maybe don't go to university, come to the Big Apple School and we can, <laughs> we, we can teach you English pretty well. Depends on what you want to learn yeah. in languages. It depends. Yeah. I mean, I've, 
if yeah I, I think if you i mean look i yeah. i i have a degree in languages so yeah. we i had five years of learning the language but it's not just the language so of course we had the vocabulary classes yeah. the grammar you know everything like hundreds of hours and your it's, english is excellent oh, so, yes. so, so I, it's a, I yeah. not to blow smoke your opportunity your english and is I excellent envy how you speak Aww. but I, you said before that your classes were what 12 how, how many hours a week did you have so we had around uh, six, seven hours of classroom time. Yeah. And then, of course, you had about five, six hours a day of doing homework. Six so in days total, a week. Yeah, that's how you learn a language, right? Exactly, but at the same yeah. time, we had my, my, my point was that we also had the history of language, theoretical yeah. grammar, theoretical phonetics, how the language appeared, how it developed. And I have a couple of, you know, group mates who got into that. And they became scholars. So, you know, mm -hmm. they found themselves in science, mm -hmm. in linguistics as science. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not Very only... How many years did you say? So five. You said five years. So five and years. And I say only five because that just doesn't sound like a long time so, compared mm -hmm. to people yeah. who go like for 12 years. Five right. years, six hours a day, five, six days a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, most, most degrees, good. like That's when I went to university, it was yeah. about, I don't know, seven hours a week. The week, oh. not a day. A week, uh -huh. and then you have to do yeah. essays at home about not even in Russian or Italian, which was my degree, Russian and Italian. No, in in our and case, you know, most of the time we have classroom time, mm -hmm. and then um, we had most of the classes in in English. You know, the all right, yeah, lectures so, in English. Your, your right. degree is definitely worth it. Yeah, definitely yeah, worth yeah. it. I'm right. really yeah. grateful to my yeah. university oh, for what that, they That's did. amazing. Like, I'm not dissing my university because at research level, it produces great. Um, yeah great research you but, know at the same time yeah. if, if i may you know i yeah. had about uh 600 or maybe 700 hours of methodology you know how to teach and psychology yeah yet i would say i was not prepared you know my first year of teaching i had no idea what to do when one of my students just stood up and started banging his head on the wall i'm like yeah <laughs> well, that's where experience that. you know nothing can take place yeah, yeah. true but, all right. but all in all yeah very great well well, the, if the question is, is university worth it? I'd say, well, of course, do your research. Of course, everyone would do their research before going to a university or college. But if you're going to go to university to study languages, probably best to go somewhere where, for instance, Katia went to, um, where you get a lot of tuition. That's kind of like, you almost had like a medical student kind of <laughs> hours. At my school, my university, medical students got about the same amount of training as you had. Whereas... Yeah, other student, other subjects. It was just a few hours a week, and go read at home. And <laughs> mm. yeah, so depends on the university, depends on the subject. And I'd say if you contemplating whether to go or not, you know, have a degree at university, it's a yes with capital letters. Really, go get it. Depends on the country. Depends on the country. I think. Anywho, get it. I think Oxford, Cambridge, go if you're lucky. If you're clever enough to go to Oxbridge, if if it's You're setting the bar way too high. Yeah. If it's not <laughs> way go, too high. If it's not, go become a plumber or electrician. It's a much more useful life skill. Well, <laughs> if that's what you think. That's so that's that's just ahead. my opinion, guys. <laughs> just my opinion. Or if you want to do languages, come to a language school. Or um, yeah, yeah, come to a language school and of course watch a lot of TV at home in that language to improve your language skills. So let us know what your thoughts. Maybe you really disagree with me. Maybe you love me. I don't know. <laughs> let, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. 
And also check out our website, which is www.bigappleschool.com, where you can get more information on the courses we offer. You can also listen to other interesting podcasts like this one and videos and other cool stuff like that too. So we'll see you next time, guys. Bye for now.